market is going to go back, back and forth with, between the top 10 picks. I'm going to give out the teams, the team names, and you're gonna, we're going to tell us what y'all think. Um, my number one draft pick, I got the Knicks selecting Zion Williamson. Who you got? I got, who was I think, Phoenix? They pick second? Phoenix, I yeah, got Phoenix. The, Phoenix number, you got number one. Your number one pick, I got Zion. Who you got for your number one pick? Corey yeah, Zion. Zion. <laughs> I got Zion, too. So, number two would be, so on the board now, ladies and gentlemen, number two, the Phoenix Suns would be picking. Who would you go with? Like I said, John Morant. John Morant, I mean, number two. Okay. So as as we go number three, it would be the Cleveland Cavaliers. I would go with R.J. Barrett. Yeah, but I think we all locked in there. I got R.J. Barrett, too, for, to the gas. Number four, the Chicago Bulls. I got Rural Hachimura, big man from, from Gonzaga. Who you got at your number four? Uh, I'm going to go with the kid from Texas Tech here, um, uh, Culver. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, think I, li- I think I like him for the Bulls. Even though he's a shooting guard, you know, they got Zach Levine. Um, I think he's just like a – he's a better fit for them because, you know, they already got the, uh, you know, they drafted Wendell Carter this past year. Right. So. so another hybrid player for the, for the Chicago Bulls in the Windy City. Okay. Um, number five, the Atlanta Hawks. The, the, the Hawks got two picks. They got five and six. One of the picks is coming from the Dallas Mavericks. This is the this this if, if it goes is correct. This fifth pick that would have been Dallas is now the Atlanta Hawks. So Atlanta Hawks would be picking back to back if everything goes co-aligned as the records go with. So who you got as your number fifth pick? Because of my pick, I have Darius Garland. Who you got? Uh, He's at Vanderbilt. I believe Darius Garland plays with Vanderbilt. No, he does play with Vanderbilt. I got Darius Garland going number five to the Hawks. Who you got is the fifth pick in the draft? I'm going to go with uh, one of your guys. I'm going to go with uh, Kobe White. Kobe White, UNC point guard freshman. He's the all-time state leading scorer here in the state of North Carolina. Yeah, I think they go, they're playing. Another like nugget. Because they got, you know, they got Trey Young back there. Mm-hmm. I think they'll play Kobe at the team and Kobe together. Put Kobe Ooh, that's um, a nice little duel. That's a nice little duel. To be honest with you, no, I must know Darius. No, at your fifth pick, you got Kobe White, and then my fifth pick, I got Darius Garland. You can't go on neither of them point guards because both of them point guards were All Americans point guards to play for the McDonald's Classic. And Darius Garland, he, I'm gonna tell you, he remind me of, and and this guy should have been in the league tearing heads off, Mister Johnny Flynn. Playing at Syracuse. That's who Darius Garland game remind me of. Johnny Flynn, quick decision maker, pick and shoot the three. He's played great defense. I just hope he don't catch the Johnny Flynn syndrome. And people are like, where's the Johnny Flynn syndrome? Get to the lead, can't create a shot for himself, can't get open, plays very little defense, Have a he have a good game, probably score 20 points the first game of the season. You never hear from him again to Christmas. I don't want that type of effect from Darius Garland. <laughs> That's what I call the Johnny, the Johnny Flynn effect. Johnny Flynn hasn't picked up a basketball since 2015. I think he played overseas, and that was it. Haven't heard from him since. That's what I mean, the Johnny Flynn syndrome. 
Darius Garland, I have a high. He has a very high motor. He, he's a and he's a great ball handler and distributor. Number six, the Atlanta Hawks. Who you got at the sixth pick? Going to the Hawks. The Hawks got two picks now, folks. So I took, um, you know, Kobe with the with their first, their fifth. So I'm gonna go with uh, Virginia. Uh, I'm gonna do DeAndre Hunter there for them. I think he like they that will complete their team to mm-hmm. me. You know, they got Collins, Trey Young, then they have Kobe White and DeAndre Hunter. I think they'll be pretty okay. solid. I'm going with my guy from Marquette, Marcus Howard, because I do not trust none of their threes. <laughs> Turion Prince, which is a which is the poor man's Damari Carroll. Sorry, that's what I replaced him with. They replaced Damari Carroll with Terion Price, and the only thing I can remember anything special about Terion Price is when he played for Baylor in this press conference. The man was like. How do y'all lose on the rebounds? He the, the response that he gave to the media, Tyrion, Tyrion Price said, "You get this little orange thing, you go up and you grab it, which is called a rebound." And ever since then, that's probably some. Of the, that's probably his one of his best highlights because on the basketball court, he gets absent, but his shoe game is immaculate. So. I'm looking at him, <laughs> Marcus Howard would be a great fit because Marcus Howard can play the two and the three. And I feel like they missing that because if you need to breathe it from Trey Young, you can sit him down. Like you said, you can still either have a Kobe White or a Darius Garland out there still running the show to go along with the high-flying John Collins. I think that that's what they need. Another They need a three. Vince Carter's on his way out. He's about to retire. And that's a big hole that the Hawks need right there. But the Hawks is not – that's good. Small forward that they really, really have is probably with Josh Smith and um, Joe Johnson, a.k.a. Mr. Studio Checks. When you're looking at a player like Joe Johnson who could play the two and the three, when he's getting buckets from you had Josh Smith who could play anywhere from the three and the four or the five, they missing that. So you got John Collins, but if you throw a, a Marcus Howard there for Marquette, sky's the limit, baby. Sky's the limit. Number seven pick, we got the Washington Wizards on the clock. For some reason... I just feel like someone's going to get traded between John Wall and probably Bradley Beal. John Wall be gone for the next two seasons, which probably be kind of hard to trade somebody that's injured and ruptured both of their Achilles tendons. So I'm trying to figure out how he did that. Um, if they do decide <laughs> to move Bradley Beal, you get a young shooting guard from the Michigan Wolverines, Jordan Poole. You slide him right in. They got a slimmer game. They can hit the outside shots. One thing I like about Jordan Poole, he definitely plays defense for the for the Michigan Wolverines. No, some more Big Ten guys making a name for themselves in this draft. Who you got number seven to the Washington Wizards? So I got the uh, you had him going a pick before, but I got the Marquette uh, Howard going here to to Washington. You know, to fulfill you know taking take some of that Kelly Oubre, Otto Porter, uh, whole placement so mm-hmm. you know he's a a small four that you know i'm thinking bill and wall gonna stay together so i think they they need to draft a, a shoot a small forward there right and you know it's funny about the washington wizards when the last time the washington wizards had a good small forward uh, i don't think they who maybe when antoine jameson was there because <laughs> you're looking you know what i, I might say the same thing that might have been about it not been Almost eight years ago. So ever since then, they've been searching. They got Paul Pierce here. Wow. He was 
he wanted the truth when he got there because he was he became false. Um, he was old. Um, like you said, Idol Porter sound all that money. He robbed the Wizards. Uh, Kelly Oubre, he got there. He was all right. The only thing that stuck out about him was he wearing all the Supreme stuff and all his tattoos. No disrespect, but basketball wise. The Washington Wizards had a hasn't had a real three since this guy named Chris Webber. <laughs> when they was the Washington Bullets. <laughs> wow. And you know, Washington he played the three and the four. And like you said, like you said, Antoine Jameson, after those two, nobody. Nobody. And they try to figure out how how, how do they get beat in the playoffs. Because every time they go against a team in the playoffs, they always lose that team who has a better small forward. That's why I said the safe pick for them are probably like a Jordan Poole. Like you even though he can play that two and that three. You, you know what I'm saying? You know, if you do get rid of Bradley Bill, now you ain't gonna have really no scoring now because you're gonna be missing John Wall. That means you're gonna be back in the lottery. So at number eight, I got the Memphis Grizzlies going with my guy, as you picked him, at number five. At number eight, I'm going my guy, Kobe White, to the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, if you, if they if the Grizzlies organization do decide to trade Mike Colony this summer at the point guard spot, guess what? Why not trade him and bring in the Kobe White to go along with the younger um, Jaron Jackson Jr. for the Memphis Grizzlies? You get your point guard back, and now you got your center for the future. So that's what I'm looking at. I think that would be a great pickup for him. He'd be close to home still. Kobe White, like I said, he was the all-time leading scorer in high school in the state of North Carolina. And then, like I said, the one thing he needs to work on is turnovers. If you look at some of the games in, in key game situations, Kobe White is famous for this behind-the-back turnover. <laughs> you can't just try to split the defender like, cheese. <laughs> you cannot yeah, and get cut off like, you cannot. He does that a lot too. He got to. He got like to. Exactly. He has to calm down. Like behind the back, the two defenders. Only one person I know who can make that move. That's me, folks. Like, like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. You put your hands in there. I'm going right through both defenders. I'll get that move every time. But Kobe White, you already had your defender beat. You don't have to go behind your back and trying to get the ball to, 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 to from your right hand to your left. Because every time you do it. I just see your hair and your hair turn one way. The ball is gone. Easy too. You cannot do that. So I think that would be a great pickup for the Memphis. Yes, I mean, for the Memphis Grizzlies. Who you got? The number eight. Number eight. So to, to go back to the seventh pick, I think I uh, I mixed up players. I meant Haka Merritt at number seven. Uh, so where's that's okay. We, yeah, you had him going earlier, so I just went to number four. Yeah, so I wanted to say that. At number eight, I think this, you know, my board. This is why I think Cam Reddish can go. You know, to to the I think Memphis got this pick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know Cam Reddish has failed. He was in my top five, mm-hmm. but uh, he's got to get bumped down to eight with the rise mm-hmm. of John Morant, mm-hmm. uh, other guys because of their tournament success. I think um, mm-hmm. this is where Cam Reddish go to to Memphis Grizzlies. Not that that'd be good too, because you got you know the the Timberwolves don't have a, a real three point shooter. Now, if you put Karen Reddish out there at the three point spot, 
you can open the game up more because you still get your point guard distributing the ball. Then you still got Wiggins, Big Carl Anthony Towns. And I'm trying to, this team, this Timberwolves has a nice young team. I'm just trying to put together why this young team cannot make a move. This court, this court been together now for what, what, for what, three years now, and they still haven't. Well, two years. We could say three years now because they'd be three-year pros. You look at this this core that these guys been together, and they still can't put a, a playoff-type run together. I don't know what it is, but I think if they can get, like you said, Cam Reddish at that at that number eight spot, it'd be a good look for a good look for them because now Andrew Wiggins can play more off the ball. He can roam the floor. I just feel like when he get the ball in his hands a lot of time, watching him play, he 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 he, he, he don't do nothing spectacular. Every time you look in the, in the stat sheet, Carter Anthony Towns damaged numbers. You got Andrew Wiggins probably in certain games going for free. I think he averaged like fifteen and a half points per game. Come on, man, you're the you're a super. You you supposed to be on the on the on the incline to be a superstar, but this year he took a he he been declining so far. I think since he been since he got traded from Cleveland, the Cavaliers won that won that <laughs> right there because they won a championship off of it. And the Timberwolves haven't made the playoffs yet. That's the upside about Andrew Wiggins, the motor. He don't play hard every night. And I can see why that Jimmy Buckets, Butler, won out. You can watch the game and see, you see Andrew Wiggins take some plays off. So I think that would be a good pick, number eight. Number nine, the New Orleans Pelicans. I got Bobo going number nine. The reason I'm saying Bobo going number nine, we know they're going to trade Anthony Davis. We know they're going to trade AD. You trade him away. You get your you get your first round draft pick. You bring another young talent in, another guy who's gonna play with the team about four or five seasons, and you, so you can still sell tickets. Bubbles not a bad player. He got handles. He can shoot three ball batteries, daddy. He might be stronger than the late Manu Bo. Rest in peace to Manu Bo, um, who played for some of the you know been on some people posters, but actually did great things. We'll throw another nugget out there, folks, about Manu Bo. He played for the Cleveland State Vikings. So uh, that's another that. nugget before he transferred. <laughs> he played for the Cleveland State Vikings. He played he played for Raleigh Massimino for the Cleveland State Vikings. Another nugget. Raleigh Massimino left Cleveland State and went on to coach Villanova. He won Villanova's first national championship in the in the early 80s. So that's a nugget I'm throwing out there, folks. Yes, I'm throwing nuggets out there. No encyclopedia, no wiki. I am doing all this right now. I'm a student <laughs> of the game. Like I said, I studied the game. I studied the history. Raleigh Massimino, Manu Bo, his coach, Cleveland State Vikings. So I'm throwing nuggets out there. A lot of players started somewhere small, then transferred. Same thing they're doing now. It's no different than they was doing back then. So that's another nugget out there. So I got Bobo going to New Orleans Pelicans. But I said, I think it'd be a great look. You get a young, new face. Somebody the community can get behind. AD wants out. Once he signed with Club Sports, it was evident that he was going to be on a LeBron James team. And maybe Draymond Green might be on that team, too, sometime next year. Who is your, who is your ninth pick to the New Orleans Pelicans? Uh, I got Bobo, too, going there uh, for the same reasons. You know, they're going to lose AD. Um, they got Randall, but he's more of a four, you know, and uh, Bobo is a definite center at, like, 7-2 or 7-3, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, saying so he's going to bring that defense, and like you said, he's kind of he has some versatility on the on the offensive end. He's a uh, he kind of remind me of Thon Maker uh, just a little bit. Just a little okay, bit. 
but just a little bit more athletic who can actually get a bucket. Right. So, number 10, the 10th pick, Minnesota's on the clock. I got Cam Reddish going number 10. So, you got uh, – think ain't this the Lakers pick? The 10th Don't pick of the Lakers? I don't think so. Either way, uh, <laughs> I, I think I would – either way, if it's the Lakers or Minnesota, I think I got um, the other cat from uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, well, from the ACC, I should meant to say, uh, Nick Nick Alexander. I think I got him going uh-huh. number ten. Regardless of the team, I think he's the tenth tenth best player. The tenth best player to, to Minnesota. So you can't go cause number ten. You can't go wrong with that because a lot of these players can bring a lot to Minnesota. Because you got Joshua Kobe, I think who who plays in Minnesota right now, who played for Georgia Tech last year. That guy has played harder this season. Than Andrew Wiggins, I believe because I see a lot of his highlights on TV more than some Wiggins, and he plays hard nosed defense. So I'm looking at guys like that. Maybe Andrew Wiggins might get traded. I think something crazy is going to happen this summer. Um, once July first, start with the trades and stuff like that, where you can start making free agency picks. I just believe some more players will be on the move. That you're going to hurt. That we, I think Bradley Bill or John Wall may be on the move. One of two guys the organization is going to trade. I believe the deal works somewhere that Bradley Bill might get traded. Me, personally, I think what's going to happen, they're going to see what they're going to do July 1st. They're gonna, the Lakers are going to see what type of players they're going to get to come to them. I believe the hitting guy the Lakers need is Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill played a little bit of defense, and he can, hit that out, he can hit that outside three. He's an all-star, and he's a proven player. So if you get LeBron James another wing, player or another guard. Now, if they can find some way to get like a Clay Thompson, they could just be in there. But number 10, I got Cam Reddish just because they need some more versatility. You know, another guy off the bench that can get on buckets right away, who's not scared a moment. You know, he's from Pennsylvania. You know what I'm saying? Reddish is number three player in the country. But as of this far this year, I had him in my number five pick, and he fell down from five to ten because I haven't seen that much from him that can give you a wild fact that, okay, this is what Cam Reddish brings to the table. But he's getting outshined by the other two guys, as in uh, Zion and R.J. Barrett. So he needs to be a little bit more aggressive. And maybe if he can turn this tournament play up, probably can come through and score 25 points to beat Michigan State or can lead his team to the Final Four championship and win a championship and become an MVP, his, his draft stock might rise. But right now, number 10 pick. Do you agree with that, Marcus? That's a fair assessment. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I had him in my top top five, top four, too. You know, and then it's just these other players during the tournament has kind of been doing it. Like, he's had opportunity. They just – he just hasn't been cashing in on it. So, I had to bump him down. And, I mean, if it don't figure out – say if he – now, say for instance, if he do fall out the draft, out the top ten, if, they, if somebody's like, hey, Dante, if you don't believe in Cam Reddish – who do you think should be in that 10th spot? I'm going to give you one name. Admiral Schofield from Tennessee. You can put him in Minnesota. You can have you can have your, your center, Carl Anthony Towns, and you can have um, Schofield could play, play the four or the three because he can bang with Carl Anthony Towns and keep, they can get extra rebounds. And he could be a nightmare for certain teams on certain nights. So that's another guy who I think who's probably going to be a, probably a top 10 pick when it's all said and done. Admiral Schofield, if – if Cam Reddish don't play this game and score anything under 12 points per game, draft stock going to fall again. We may see Cam Reddish fall from either from some of our boards, either from 10th 
all the way down to the 15. He may be a, a late first round draft pick and may do some of the playoff team some um some secure spots. So I'm looking at that. Another guy who caught my eye so far is that point guard from uh, Purdue, Carson Edwards. Yep. Now his he probably came with from a, a, a late second rounder, probably the last pick in the NBA. I mean, the last pick in the first round. Excuse me, last pick in the first round to give another playoff team a good a good place. You know, you know it would be a good fit for him if if he get picked late in the first round. If he Carson Edwards, I'm gonna say the Golden State Warriors. Quinn Cook to me, I have is not enough for the Warriors. He's he he turns the ball over a lot. He doesn't play. He doesn't play like he's playing that dude. He don't play with that same intensity. But a place a person like uh, Carson Evers, you need you get your finesser and Steph Curry. But to get that dog in, you want somebody to play some defense and is not scared at the moment. Carson Evers would be a great pickup for the Golden State Warriors for that backup point guard behind Steph Curry because he's a, he's a, put like this watching him play in this tournament. He's a real floor general. You don't see a lot of real floor generals in, in today's sure. NBA. You do very you 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 don't see that very often. I think he would be a great pick for somebody like Steph Curry, a real veteran. Maybe San Antonio because Popovich like guys like that too as well. But if you want somebody like that, Carson Edwards probably be going to the Golden State Warriors because he would give you that type of that general role. The last the last person I say was a real good general point guard on the floor, man. Who I like. I would say Avery Johnson, man. I, I love Avery Johnson. My main man. My Avery main Johnson. Man. <laughs> My, that right there, I'm going to say this. About this. Throw another nugget out there. Everybody know Avery Johnson played in the NBA, coached Spurs and teams like that. Mm-hmm. We already know Coach Larry Drew going to be gone, probably from the Cavs mm-hmm. go somewhere else. Oh, you going with this, okay. <laughs> you going going with this, right? All right. <laughs> Penny Hardaway introduced Colin Saxon to Avery Johnson High School. Say, look, if you you got a little college pro day, say if you I mean a college little uh, workout, he said if you want this guy, he's a floor, he's a leader. Colin Saxon is he's going to get better with time. He sent him to Avery Johnson to Alabama. Now, when the Cavaliers decide to part ways with Coach Larry Drew, I thought you know the record speaks for itself. But in the second half of the season, Colin Saxon actually picked up. He gained that momentum behind the guys who consider the rookie of the year candidates, Luka Donitz, who who's fell off a little bit off the snide, but a person who's been gaining points up in the rookie stock is Trey Young. So I'm right. looking at Avery Johnson. I can see the Cavaliers bringing in Avery Johnson as their next Cavaliers head coach. Because guess what? Point, he's a point guard-driven coach who understands Colin Saxon. Not only understand he coached him at Alabama for one season, why not right. get Avery Johnson back into the NBA and coach the Cavaliers? Avery Johnson get them young boys going because I like what the Cavaliers have. Larry, they have um, Larry Nass, Jordan Clarkson, uh, all these guys. Dwayne Wamba, if they decide to keep him, because he got, he actually has a lot of upside, which I do like about him. But if you bring in Avery Johnson to coach them young Cavaliers, you talk about they might have something nice. Maybe they can make the playoffs because the games they've been losing so far, if you notice the, the taking is real. I never seen Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love play together so far this season. When Kevin Love come back to in, come back from injury, Tristan Thompson plays. When Tristan Thompson come back from injury, uh, Kevin Love sits down. So you never see them on the court together. So you know right. the tank is real. 
Right. This team is way better than 19 wins. If them two was out there together, I would get a Cavaliers probably a plus 13 wins. That would be good enough to be a, at least an AC or if more, probably an eighth or seventh seed in the, in the um, NBA playoffs in the Eastern Conference. This team can make the playoffs. Avery, what you think about that, though? Avery Johnson being a Cavaliers head coach because Alabama, Alabama he, he, uh, he got fired. No. Not fired. Not he asked for a release. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, that's kind of like reading the tea leaves. I think it's a natural fit uh, for who they're building around, which is kind of sexy. So might as well, you know, bring somebody in he's familiar with, you know, and Coach Avery Johnson. And he's coaching the NBA. I think he was a coach of the year, if I'm not mistaken, right. with, uh, right. with Dallas. So mm-hmm. we know he know how to coach. He know he know how to win. So, like, that's a natural fit. Avery Johnson to the Cavaliers. And then, you know, like you said, you know, a guy like Avery Johnson, since he's been in the league for so long and won NBA titles, he can actually he can find a big, a, a real big man coach and stuff like that. So, you know, he always got the plug in to get to get better. I just find the Cavaliers got the Cavaliers got a nice talented team, but it's, the whole thing is they got to be tough minded to put wins together. So I won't be surprised if he be the coach. And speaking of new coaches, we already know Luke Walton's going to get fired. It's I'm going to say it's not his fault. I'm gonna say about I'm gonna say about sixty five percent is Magic and Rob Palinka's fault. They put a team together for LeBron James with no shooters. Catavius Caldwell Pope just not finding a nice little hot streak in the release of his shot. Why? Because he hired a lethal shooter as his as his shooting coach. And I'm looking at where it is. He's still a shooting coach. You know, he still made money, but he actually worked for the Charlotte Hornets, too, as well. He's another one of their shooting coaches, too. So, when you're looking at, t- at, at a guy like the lethal shooter and stuff like that, and I'm looking at where Katavius Caldwell Pope, he's supposed to be a dead-eye shooter. That's the whole reason why the Detroit Pistons drafted him. When he was playing for Detroit, he he wasn't getting those type of looks. Him and Stanley Johnson, they are no longer with the Detroit Pistons. Stanley Johnson is playing in New Orleans right now. They draft these guys on based on what they did in college. They haven't translated translated their college game over to that NBA level. They 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 have not been pushing themselves to be elite shooters. They got there and got satisfied. So when I'm looking at them, the Lakers. I'm blaming that Rob Pelinka and Magic Johnson for getting LeBron James. Forget him. No, no scores. You sign Tyson Chandler, who has a bad back. You, you, you sign distracting the fool Hall of Famer Javale McGee. You got Lance Stevenson, who's stepping on people for crossovers and want to dance. So you got all these guys who's not bringing nothing to the table. People was looking at is the Lakers going to make the playoffs? That was including myself. I thought they was going to make the playoffs, but the 18 games of LeBron James misses was a lot of games to come back from and trying to boost his team back into the NBA playoffs. This is not the Eastern Conference, LeBron. This is not the, the cupcake walk. You got to go through a couple of German cake, strawberry shortcakes, all these cakes. You got to get through one. But so far, you're still stuck on the pound cake. You didn't get past the other cakes. You're still eating pound cake with nothing on it. So it's going to be a hard way out. Like I said, it's a good thing. They don't miss the playoffs. Get some, get some, t- rest that body, and see what we can do next year in the free agency. Maybe you can get you a Clay Thompson or Kawhi Leonard. Somebody's coming there. They're not gonna say who, but somebody's coming there. Who you think? The, what you think is gonna happen this summer for some of these teams? I mean, yeah, I don't think the Lakers are gonna be totally empty-handed. 
Um, I think they'll get somebody, but I don't think it's going to be a big. I don't think it's going to be a Kawhi Leonard or uh, an Anthony Davis. I think it more than likely. It look, it looked like it'll probably be somebody like Jimmy Butler. You know, mm. he's a big he's a big name. He's a good player, but I don't think he's somebody they initially targeted. If you know what I mean, like he so wasn't on their radar to come there. But I think yeah, Jimmy, so you get Jimmy, Jimmy Butler in that second wave. Yeah. So we're gonna move right along from that, from that top. So we're gonna talk about these guys right here. This guy right here, Devin Booker, will be catching the lead by storm. He had two games back-to-back. He's the first guy in NBA history to score 50 points or more and come up empty-handed on the W side. So when I'm looking at Devin Booker, his game reminds me of Clay Thompson. It's just up where he can dribble. And yeah. looking at the, I'm looking at where he scored 59 points against the Utah Jazz. They lost 92 to 125. He had 59 points. And I'm looking at the other game against the Washington Wizards where they lost this game, 124 to 120, and he scored 50 points. And last night he had a they lost 115 to 120 and he had 48 points. So I'm looking at Devin Booker putting up these type of numbers and getting L's. I mean, he getting more L's than Ja Rule was getting at the Milwaukee Bucks game at halftime, rapping his song, and nobody knew who he was. It was silent. <laughs> That's how you feel right there, getting them L's. Um, do you feel like Devin Booker made a big mistake by signing that contract with the Phoenix Suns and not knowing? He knew that he was going to be a free agent this summer. I mean, yeah, he should have waited till he was a free agent. Um, I wouldn't have – I wouldn't have advised him. Like, he don't have any injury history or anything like that that would – need you know require him to you know secure his money right away i mean he could have waited to the summer mm-hmm. you know took the temperature of the landscape and you know decided to go somewhere to a winning culture because right now they in phoenix they're about losing you know they, they drafted deandre aiden this year they're gonna probably uh they stay at number two get john morant you know and they still gonna i don't see them winning anytime soon you know so he's going to be wasting you know these big scoring nights and losing efforts for more you know for next you know for the foreseeable future like i don't see that turning around i think he's going to put up a lot of points but they're going to continue to lose and just like last year he's doing that like at the late end of the season you know where teams is securing playoff berths you know resting guys so he's getting up to put a lot of numbers. They kind of like fluff numbers to me. Yeah, it's so hard to play basketball in Phoenix, even though Devin Booker is a, is a great, talented player, probably top forty player in the league or top thirty, if not. So I'm looking at Devin Booker. The last time the Phoenix Suns made the playoffs, Marcus, it's like 2010 or 2009, something like that. It's been like eight or nine years. With the Steve Nash. This is Steve Stone. Nash. Stat. A boy starting my standing tall and talented. Boris Diaw, Rajah Bell, Joe Johnson, these guys. You know what I'm saying? When you look at that, well, Joe Johnson was gone because they traded him after that third season. He was on that playoff team as well. So the Phoenix Suns hasn't made no type of improvements to make their team better. 
And this team have money on the salary cap. You tell me they can't get two big name superstars there in Phoenix, hot weather. All they need is two more guys to change the, to change the, the format of the, of the team. So Devin Booker, like you said, he was in good quality game nights. His youth in a losing situation. Their owner is being cheap, but he all. This is the one thing I don't get about the Phoenix Suns owner. He don't want to pay players, but he want to put a proposal out there to get a new arena. Man, you got to be kidding me! You got to be kidding me! You don't want to get no new. You you want to get a new stadium, but you don't want to fork up the money to go get two max superstars. But you want a new stadium. You want to get that proposed by the city and the mayor, man. As as Brandy would say on America Idol, you want a new stadium? That's a no for me, dog. We're going right, we going right to the Houston Rockets. We talk about James Harden. This is seventh game this season. I'm not gonna say seventh game. This is seventh time this season. James Harden has put up fifty points. It's crazy. What you guys say about that? When I look, when you look at what he did. Not only the 50 points, what's more impressive to me was three of them are triple doubles. And a lot of the 50-point games, are he had double doubles. So I'm looking at, as we go back to November 26th against the Washington Wizards, Mark, 54 points, eight rebounds, 13 assists. Not only I like the 54 points, I'm in love with the 13 dimes. Not only he got 54 points, the 13 assists. Imagine most guys you see scoring 50 points. The most assists they have about is, is four. So you look at that. Then we go to December 13th, Los Angeles Lakers. Triple-double alert, 50 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. This is impressive because every time he has a 50-ball night, he's going to give you at least close somewhere to a double-double. 11 assists is real nice. So I'm looking at January 14th, the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies does get torched by uh, James Harden. 57 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists. I mean, 3 assists against the Grizzlies. The assist was down, and he had 9 rebounds. Still hitting the glass. Hmm. The January 16th, two days later, against the Brooklyn Nets. 6 assists, 10 rebounds. 58, uh, 58 points. That's real good. Then you go to the Knicks, January 23rd, five, six days later. He got four assists. Not only this, this is what I like right here. He got a 60-point game. 15 rebounds and 61 points against New York Knicks and the, at the Garden. <laughs> so you're looking at that. Just a little bit. He can play just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> now you go to February 28th, Miami Heat. 58 points, 7 rebounds, 10 assists. Get the heat. Then you go to March 20th against the Memphis Grizzlies. He put up 57 on them again <laughs> with <laughs> 7 points and 8 assists. I mean, 7 rebounds, 8 assists. Then last night against the Kings, 50 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. That's pretty good. I, I actually looked at some of the games where he's scoring 30 or more points. I'm looking at the body of work he put in. I mean, I can't argue with Giannis Antetokounmpo as people like him as the MVP, but looking at what James Harden did, I mean, it's like he might get the scoring title this year, which he is. Got that a lot. He won the scoring title. He could take off the next five games. He won the scoring title because he scored that many points. Easy. When you're looking at James Harden, I mean, his game might be ugly to certain people. First of all, he's a left-handed shooter. They're the most Left-handed shooters should be are the most deadliest people on the basketball court, men and women. 
because they, they, they shoot straight line drive to the basket, which is way more scarier. Um, James Harden right now, if I devote, I mean, I like Giannis' game. I mean, I know he what he did for the Milwaukee Bucks. They clinched the playoff spot darn or two months ago. But MVP-wise, you got to give it to James Harden. James Harden plays every night. He's going to, he, he lay it all out there, and he, and he proved a point. You know, one thing, I follow him on, on all social media platforms. One, when his game is over, this guy go back to the locker room for another 30, another 30 minutes to an hour to hit the weights and work out. Just be right. so he can prove that point. That's that's what MVP type players do. Staying he's the most the valuable game. player. He's staying true to the game. He's staying true to himself. So he's treating every game like it's his last. So he, if he gets my vote, he gets my vote as the MVP this season. And he gets the scoring title. Right. I think I have to begrudgingly give it to him. Like I'm more than a Giannis fan, but you just can't dispute these numbers. You know, unlike Dev, Devin Booker, you know, he's doing them in wins. And he did them during, like, critical points of the season where they were trying to get over 500 when he first started it. Then they mm-hmm. got over 500, and then it was like we trying to jock to get up to that top top four um, seating in, in the West, you know, to get home court advantage. He, he started going, you know, started scoring more than Chris Paul go out. He picks up the slack then. And not, like, and not only points, he's distributing it. He's getting rebounds. Mm-hmm. So it was like... He is truly unstoppable on offensive end right now. It's like you gotta give him the MVP. It's like I don't think this type of season has been seen since Kobe. Um, you know when he he, he dropped that eighty two piece on uh, the Raptors. So eighty, he definitely, definitely my MVP for sure. Yeah, because I like what he's bringing to the table, and he just played with a lot of passion. He's playing with a lot of passion. He don't care. Where, he said at one point in time, listen to one of his little, his little bite takes. He said it was getting to him about what people were saying about him. He said, you know what? I just play basketball. I just, I don't care what the people say anymore. I just, play, I just do. What we had, but I have to do on the court to get this win. But the whole key to them about winning is if they want to win a championship, it, it, it relies on Chris Paul. He has to stay healthy. He has to stay healthy. On that note, we're going to wrap it up. After hours live for the Man Cave, I'm Tay Wiggs. This is Mark Sane. We out of here. Peace. Thank you for listening to After Hours Live from the Man Cave Podcast. If you would like to hear more from me and my man Tay Wiggs, please go to your favorite podcast listener and subscribe to us. We are just about everywhere nowadays. We're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple iTunes and Google Podcasts. So if you like what you hear, subscribe to us to hear more. Oh, and before I go, please also hit up our Anchor profile page. That's anchor.fm forward slash after hours live from the man cave. And click that little purple button that says support this podcast and help us out. Peace.